Welcome to Hindsight. I'm Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Poole. this podcast, we've hacked hundreds of entrepreneurs' hindsight to help you, the listener, with better foresight. Now, guys, if you want to know all about what we can do to help you focus on being you, head over to GetHHM.com. Keep pushing through those ups and downs that we all will have. We're still going to have amazing conversations with amazing people. Hindsight hacking boils down to amazing conversations with some amazing people. Welcome back, everyone, to Hindsight Hacking. Today's episode, we have a true party goddess or a profit goddess, the one, the only Miss Marley Major. She is the CEO of the Party Goddess, a nationally acclaimed full service event planning and catering company. And, you know, she's had a few people that she's worked with. You know, you might know who they are Snoop Dogg. Britney Spears, maybe you know those two. I don't know. Or the prophet goddess Marley is quickly establishing herself as one of the best resources for small business owners and author of But Are You Making Any Money? A witty and lauded business guide praised by Forbes as a great how-to book for any entrepreneur. So Marley, I am super excited. Ron and I, we've got a little bit of a restaurant background. You'll get to find out So I want to hear all about this full service event planning, but more importantly, we we got to speak to the entrepreneurs that are listening about the book and the profit goddess. So first and foremost, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We certainly have a lot to talk about. Oh, no, no kidding. I cannot wait. I can't wait to dive in. But before we get too far, why don't you take a moment to tell everyone a little bit more about you? Well, that is, I guess, the backstory, which is like the longest part of my story because there's there's a lot of hindsight. Let's just put it that way. But <laughs> I, I love the name of your podcast because I was like, oh my gosh, like, like I'm, I have like the Library of Congress full of hindsight. This is perfect for me. But I grew up and I still live in Pasadena, California, and I've been here my whole life. And so anybody who knows Pasadena, it might as well be like Connecticut because it is just very like this buttoned up small little world. And I was here until I went away to college and I got my business degree from Georgetown. And then I did something really unexpectedly because most, for a lot of people that go to Georgetown, you know, end up in law school or running hedge funds or something like that. And I was like, no, I'm going to go into the restaurant business. But that is because I decided to marry a chef and I'll let you guys decide how much of that story you want. But the bottom line is I graduated got into the restaurant business. We started a catering company and a banquet operation. And then long story short, then he and I are having drama, shocker. And we, I like, have a series of things that would have derailed anybody. But of course I'm like, no, I won't give up. And no matter what kind of message the universe was giving me. And then finally I had a really bad skiing accident. And so now in addition to all the other signs I've gotten, I am now like, on crutches and in therapy, like three days a week. And my dad is like, listen, why don't, like, what are you doing? Like, you love the events. Like we keep getting the opportunity to partner up with this restaurant and thank goodness we own the land. And I was like, no, I can't do that. And he's like, but why? You don't even, you don't even love the restaurant business. Like you love the events and the decor and all that other stuff that goes with it. So finally, after this skiing accident, I was like, fine. Okay. Turns out to be the best business decision we ever made. 
but I was at a really challenging point in my life and career. And, you know, as most entrepreneurs, if, if you're in a challenging point in your life, you might as well be a challenging point in your career and vice versa, because there's that bleed. And so in 2000, I rebranded, that's a very gracious way to put it, into the party goddess. And at, at that point in time, there were, you know, not everybody was having an event planner. Like these days, it's like a oh, big deal. You have an event planner who cares. Like everybody has an event planner. And everybody is an event planner. But in those days, it was like you, if if you weren't a big corporate event planner or a big corporation hiring a corporate event planner or somebody with a huge wedding hiring a wedding planner, you know, everybody didn't just have an event planner. And I was like, listen, I want the space I want to be in is to take all these details of all these, like, you know, the flowers and the food and the staff and the decor and all that and put that all together and be that one point person, because it was to my advantage, because then I knew things would go well, you know, and the DJ wouldn't be showing up with like, you know, his underpants, like half falling down. And I hung out my shingle as that. But the problem was, there were no barriers to entry. Now, that's great, usually, but it can also be a problem because it meant everybody and their brother, now that you could have like websites for a reasonable price, was also an event planner. And so you have to come up with that, that dreaded USP, you know, that unique selling proposition. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I am in such a saturated market, LA, New York, you know, two of the most saturated. And how am I going to set myself apart? And I decided at that point, listen, I really need to have celebrity clients because I was like, that's the one thing that's, that will, you know, do it. I was always so amazed by this. And because Growing up, I, I, you know, I had friends who had a very wealthy background and, you know, we would be sitting by the pool at spring break or whatever, reading magazines. And I was always amazed that, you know, some of these girls, their net worth, like, you know, could quadruple anybody in these magazines. Yet they were like, oh, so-and-so uses blah, blah, blah for their scanner. So-and-so just went on vacation. And I was always listening to these conversations going, freaking A, like just because they're celebrities, they, I guess, have the tickets to the universe. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to jump on that bandwagon because then I must be a good event planner. And I did. And then, you know, then once you get one, then you get more and more and more. And I thought, this is crazy. And in the midst of it, I wrote a book to solve my own problems because my business and the restaurant business, talk about hindsight, I had so many things I would have done differently. And then in event planning, since I, I hadn't really solved the problems that I you know had made for myself in the restaurant business, in terms of my business model, I knew I had to kind of come up with this new system. And I, I ended up doing that. And then I wrote a book. And then, you know, people were like, oh, wait, how do you do it? You know, the kind of the, the, the usual piece. And that's why then it became this, wait, she's this party goddess. But she, and then it was like, okay, the profit goddess so that it would fit more neatly under this umbrella. Because otherwise it's like, you have this really creative girl who still does events that are high end. But then, yes, but kind of my next piece is that I want to help other entrepreneurs, not just event planners, but other entrepreneurs kind of get out of their heads and actually like make money in their businesses because so many people aren't. Oh, there's so many stuff uh, stuff to unpack there, so much there. But I wanted I to call out the USP. I love the acronym, by the way. You When you realized you wanted to get those big clients or those A-listers, right? How did you truly just get that first one? And I, I just wanted to tell a quick story. Like Ron and I, when we launched our podcast, before we launched... We were thinking, okay, who are we going to get on the show to help us as we get through? 
anybody watching right now is seeing Ron laugh because his first thing is we're going to get Tim Tebow. And I'm like, I, I, we don't know Tim Tebow or anybody around Tim Tebow. How are we going to get You're Tim relevant. Tebow? <laughs> That's right. It's who I want on the show. We, we got people on the show that was that worked out, but they were not Tim Tebow. So I just want to know, like, how did you get that first celebrity to say yes? Because I agree. Once you get the one, everything else is dominoes. Like in, you know, that's holds true in any form. Like our podcast, every single, when we got a big person in the on- online entrepreneur space, then we had people knocking on our door to do it right. just because of the other right. person. So, right. Yeah. So I'm a big believer in probably because I have really bad ADHD, but in those days I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that and I didn't know what to do with it. And so I was always a really big, like even in school, like I would have to set my goals and I would have to be very structured. And even when I was in geometry class, I would do my proofs and I had this special tutor who would do them with me in colors so that I could like pass the test basically. So I always had to see things. And so then, you know, you read books about manifesting things and, you know, which in those days was really goal setting. And so I would put stuff on my vision board and I'd be like, okay, well, who are the celebrities I want? And what's really creepy is when I go back, I mean, like I've had goals set from decades. And when I go back and then I see the like celebrity's face or whatever that I cut out of the magazine that was going to be my client. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's so, because you forget, you know, but I do believe that you kind of set that compass. And so I just set this whole list of who I wanted and what what their characteristics were, like, you know, were they an A-list actor? Like, what was their deal? And then I, I created my list. And then like I do with everything else, I just kind of started like knocking on doors, you know, proverbially, not really physical doors, but I just started being laser focused on okay, I'm not going to go from here to, you know, the president of the United States, but I'm going to have to lily pad the approach here. And so what I did was started talking to any of my friends who I thought would have a connection. And I mean, these would be loose connections. It'd be like, oh, someone's dad is the accounting firm that does that. And I would just put it out there like, hey, this is what I want to do. And, you know, of course, there's so many false starts and it doesn't work. And then eventually you get somebody and then you get like a C-lister, you know, who's so obnoxious and thinks they're just the most amazing person in the world. And you're like, okay, I'm going to refine my goal list here because now they need to be like higher on the alphabet and can't be a nightmare. (laughs) I just stuck with it. And I just kept like looking like who was their manager? Who else did they work with? How could I tap it? And then I just was really strategic, as strategic as you can be when you're, you know, shooting in the dark. But I just went bam, 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 and then started to parlay the celebrity so that I would get the press out of it. Because then I realized, well, it doesn't even matter, you know, if you have the celebrity, if nobody knows it. Like if your confidentiality agreement with them is so tight that you can't say anything, you're it, you might as well not have them. That's how I did it. And that's really how I've done everything in my life is I just put it right on my vision board. And then, you know, I do forget about it. It isn't like I, I sit there and like, you know, like your Buddhist monk person who's like, Fair you know, chanting, true. it's chanting and manifesting, but somehow it does work. And sometimes I need to dust off the pages and get clear again. But yeah, that's how I did it. Then, you know, you're off to the races. No, this is, it's so funny because Corey and I did something similar. And I know Corey was laughing because this happened. We started attracting the wrong people. Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> so we're, we're like, I remember having a conversation with Corey. I was like, I'm not sure what's happening, but 
I want nothing to do with this type of individual ever again. And it seems like that's all we're getting. And so we actually, we didn't like outwardly say we're not taking that type of person anymore. Yeah. However, we changed we the ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And we, and we agreed with ourselves, like it's no longer welcoming in the universe. You, you don't get to give us these people. And right. guess what? We've not ever got those kind of people again. Right. It's so funny. And then the whole manifestation thing, like I can go over and on and on on how this kind of stuff happens, good and bad. You know, there, there's been things that I've manifested that were bad, just as much as manifesting, which is good. So you have to make sure you're controlling your brain the right way. And, and that you're course correcting, because the, the thing is, is that just because, so like when I was writing down about these celebrities, you know, similar things happened. Like I mentioned, I would get the like most high maintenance D-list celebrity in the world. And that's, I was like, oh, okay, here's the message here is that I haven't been clear and specific enough about what I want. Now, you know, there's one thing being clear and specific, like saying who the person is that you want. But then there's also like, and I want this type of boom and being really specific. And what I did find was the clearer I got on what I wanted. Now, we all know that how do you know what you want is because you know what you freaking do not want. And that is the easiest way to make that list, that wish list. But you have to keep just going back to and be like, okay, whoops, I didn't clarify that. You know, whoops, I didn't clarify that. And you get better at it, but it is a muscle you have to practice. I mean, you really have to practice. And sometimes it is not easy to practice. It sounds so silly. Like, oh, just cut stuff out of magazines and like, look at them. <laughs> but when you're not in a good space, you know, I'm like, ah, the magazine. It's like, this is so stupid, you know? Right. And then you got to, you know, you have to start there and get yourself out of it. So. Love it. All right. So I'm pretty sure most of these celebrities are not listening or watching Never know, but I'm pretty sure. I'm going to go pretty sure. So, now, that, how are you going to attract anything with that kind of attitude? Come on now. Well, I'm, I'm making sure I'm putting it out there that they that your they should be not, not only should they be listening, they should be watching on YouTube. I'm just going to say it. Like, of course they're watching. Hi, Tim. Hello. Why are you not on this podcast? That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I'm going to manifest Tim Tebow this weekend at like Mr. Child. Come on, Tim. Come on, Tim. There we go. But yeah, I would love just to hear like who's been your favorite before we go talk like real entrepreneur stuff and all that fun stuff. But who's been kind of your favorite and and why? I'm sure there's been so many amazing people, but one's got to stand out as just like an incredible person that you almost didn't expect how incredible. Oh, yeah. Well, Pierce Brosnan, probably. I mean, I love that guy. He is, we've done a bunch of different things for him. And he, I mean, everybody would always be like, oh, he's so handsome. He's so whatever. And he is, but he is just so down to earth and so kind and so considerate. Full disclosure, I'm half Irish. So, you know, maybe that's part of it that I love that whole Irish component, but he definitely has that whole Irish charm going but he is just really, really considerate, you know, and, and he's very down to earth. I mean, you know, I, when you're setting up events and you're, you're doing all this stuff, I mean, there's a lot going on. I mean, people are living their lives and having business deals and calls and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's very stressful. And it just, he just is a class act through and through. I don't know what else to say. He's generous and he's a class act and he is so polite and he is kind to the person who doesn't speak a lick of English that is clearing the dishes, just as he is to like, I mean, his guest lists are, I'm always like, I can't even believe I'm looking at the, like, it's, you kind of are like, is there anybody that is not like paparazzi, like attractant at this point? And then, you know, randomly, I haven't done November, but I've been on her show a couple of times when she had a show is Marie Osmond. 
that woman is the nicest person. I mean, you know how, like, she just looks cheerful and whatever. She is that. And it's so great just to truly see, like, bright lights in the world, you know, who are, and it's not like she hasn't, and same thing with Pierce. I mean, it's not like he hasn't had plenty of tragedies in his life. Same thing with her. But you know what? They are just, they're just a class act. They just have character. I guess that's maybe different than personality because you can tell it just goes deeper. So oh, that is so true. It's so true. All right. So you mentioned paparazzi. Like, yeah. I've got to wonder, there's got to be a fun story of somebody like sneaking into the party that you didn't <laughs> yeah. really expect. That I didn't. Like, how about every time? I mean, <laughs> there's always somebody sneaking in somewhere, you know? Right. And right. I mean, that's that's the nature of the beast. And that's going to continue. Security is going to continue to be the biggest challenge with celebrity things or high profile people just in general. And I called this on a wasn't a podcast, probably, but it was some interview like eight or 10 years ago. And I'm going to stick with it that we have not seen the end of drones here and that that's going to be our biggest nightmare because. Yeah. There's so much capability there. And so people are always sneaking somewhere that they shouldn't be. Even if it's, right. by the way, just a waiter sneaking a shot that they shouldn't have of like right. the interior of somebody's house or something. And I get it. You know, I, I, I the, first of all, there's a lot of money paid for stuff like this. Second of all, I get it. It's that kind of thrill and the curiosity factor. But a big, huge part of my job is really protecting the client no matter what. And that means having, you know, the proposal in somebody else's name and having it, you know, with no address until the very last second, stuff like that. But I remember we were doing something for Britney Spears and we were, you know, we were, and it was great in that sense, because we were really in charge of like all the aspects of it. And if that is the case, I am just psycho protective and, you know, Everything in my office was all, everything was under different names, the rental orders, everything. So that, you know, you never know who's going to take a screenshot of something. And so I was so paranoid and I really took my confidentiality agreement with them seriously and was not going to leak any of this stuff. You know, I was not going to say where it was and I was not going to. And the next thing I know, it's like the, I think it was like the day before we were, I was supposed to pick up the like goodie bags and stuff. And somehow, I think it was the store, somebody told me that the paparazzi, that they knew where I was going to be picking them up. And like, and, and I was supposed to pick them up and then deliver them to the van site. And I was like, well, no way. So I will pick them up and then I'll deliver them right back to my sweet self so that there's no way they can follow you because they'll do anything. And then I, so I was like, yes, okay, got it. And then same thing with security and we were doing it in a gated community. And so you're like, okay, but I still was worried. Sure enough, the freaking helicopters and all that are there swooping down. I mean, there are little kids there and I am just like, what the freak? And I, here's this whole time I'm so paranoid because I'm thinking, oh my God, they're going to think I did it. And then I find out something like later, like somebody from their team or whatever had supposedly leaked, leaked it. it. I, yeah. I was like, okay, so that's how this game is played, Right. 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 Everybody has an attention, but you want the attention at the same time. Well, you, yeah, I wanted the attention because it was going well. Sure, I did. But I didn't want the attention to the point that, like, you know, Larry Rudolph or whoever lawyer is going to be on my doorstep going, Hi, you violated. If they want to violate it, please violate, you know. But I took my role seriously. But I just remember when I saw those helicopters, my heart, 
I think like my heart and my intestines and everything just went like, like I didn't do it. But oh man, so crazy! What a what a crazy story. So now we got to really we got to dive in. How did did you make that transition from just not just but that celebrity event planner doing the crazy things of avoiding the paparazzi to writing a book and becoming not only the party goddess, but the profit goddess. Like, yeah, walk us through that a little bit. And and just really, we talked to a lot of authors. And so I'd love yeah. to hear kind of, you know, your whole just experience with writing that book and getting it out there. Well, my, you know, event planning is very, well, at least how we do event planning, because we're not like just meeting planner. I shouldn't say just, but we have, you know, we have an almost 6,000 square foot warehouse and we build most of our own decor and that's kind of our secret sauce. So that's a very, very creative thing. And then writing a business book, yes, there are creative components to it, but it is, I mean, talk about, you know, right brain and left brain, my goodness. And I've always kind of had that though. I've always had that weird sort of like, I love art and I love design and I love all that stuff. But then I now love numbers. I mean, I, did, I certainly didn't used to when I was, when I didn't have good ones to love. <laughs> now I do. But the whole, the whole thing with the book, I don't think the book ever would have gotten written, written if I was going to one of my, like one of our industry conventions at the time, it was this international one and they, it was going to, I forget what city it was going to be in, but it was somewhere in the U.S. And they said, if you taught a class, you would get a free education pass. So I was like, okay. So I submitted like, I don't know, like four proposals. And I was like, great. I will teach a class and then I'm going to get this, whatever it was, like $1,300 ticket, right? And class is an hour and thinking, check the box. I'm going to have to take the class and have a margarita and or martini and call it a day. And I remember my class was one of the first days and it was towards the end of the day. It was like, let's say four to five. It was like the room was filling up and I'm talking and then it's like standing room only. And then it's like, you know, remember this topic for me was on, but are you making any money? But it was to get the pass, right? It was not to impart wisdom on the world. Right. I hate to say that. I mean, right. I, I mean, I went in like doing the best I could deliver, but, but, you know, I mean, you're talking to the girl who would like get a deposit and then like head to Neiman Marcus. I mean, that was kind of my business strategy, right? Like, <laughs> Oh, I need a reward so I can manifest more. And right. I, so I went through, you know, the components of basically, you know, my book really in the early days. And then, there were all these questions and then there were more questions. And I remember at one point saying, did, did you, were all of you absent when I gave the bio? Like I'm the girl that should not be teaching. I, I said, I'm teaching it for the free pass. And I said, I'm a train wreck with money. And they were like, and I'm like, and you guys are asking me all these pricing questions. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, this is the advice I need to be giving you. And they were like, yeah, we get it, but you're the only one answering our questions. Right. And I was like, what? And then I started to think about it. And I really realized nobody talks about pricing and money and margins. It's like this dirty little secret, like, oh, and I, I was just going, well, I don't think you're going to come in my backyard and, and steal my business. Sure. I'll tell you, I'm not sure it's the right way to charge. But I'll tell you if I mark stuff up or I'll tell you if I charge a flat fee or I'll, sure. And it was just more questions. And I just remember them like, okay, so like, how can we get in touch with you? Or do you have more, like, do you have a book? And I was like, a book? I was like, I, again, am an hour past my 
like alcoholic infusion here. No, right. I don't have a book, nor do I want to write one. Anyway, the demand was there. And I, one thing I, I do like is to help somebody if I can. And, and it was obvious that good or bad, I was in a position that they could relate to. And so then I ended up, and you know, I'd gone to Georgetown, so I had great contacts. And one of my professors had written a ton of books and he was like, you can do this, you know? And, and it, it was not an easy process for me at all. And which is hilarious because I knew the material, like the back of my hand. I mean, I could write nine more books, like right now, just talking to you. It was tough. It's tough to get out of your head, especially when you keep thinking of like, how's the reader going to be reading it? Like, are they going to get it? Like, I know I get it. Are they going to get it? And that's a really long answer to that. No, it's, it's, it's so valid. I mean, there's so many times that as the entrepreneur, you're stuck in your own head and, you know, we call it imposter syndrome, right? Right. And it, it's funny that you're talking about, you went in for something, <laughs> which was the ticket, right? Very clear of something. Yeah. Right. And, and you're like, okay, timeout. I didn't realize the universe or God is going to have me do this, this thing to help so many people. And Corey and I, like we, we only help people if they want to have an impact in the world. If you want to just make money, like we're just not your guys. Like we are not people that want to help people to just make money because we learned a long time ago. If you start surrounding yourself with the people that you want to be like, which is the impactors, you will become those people. And if we let too many people in and around us that just want to make money, like we become people we don't want to be. Well, yeah. No, I mean, there's that whole thing. I think that you're, you become most like the five people you're mm-hmm. around, you know, five people you're around the most. And yeah, you really have to watch it. I mean, especially when you kind of like a couple of family members, you like check box, you're like, okay, I have two slots are already gone. Like, exactly. I'm months. already at four. I can't have you in my life. <laughs> so you're like, I'm kind of tapping out of here on the not what I want to be like. And uh, right. yeah, but right. now I get it. Let's talk about the coaching and everything sure. that you're doing a little bit because uh, obviously now doing events, I mean, you're, I'm guessing I could be way off. So tell me if I'm way off. But with the events, you're basically, you're the controller, you're the dictator, you're the one that's like, once you figure out what's needed from the guest, then you tell your team and they go execute and you make it happen. But there's probably not a lot of coaching in regards to the guests. Maybe you're like, I don't know, maybe there's a little bit, but then you turn to the business, got the book. Now the profit goddess, you're doing one-on-one coaching. So just, yeah, tell us about that aspect of the business and how it kind of ties together. Sure. Well, it ties together in the sense that I am effectively teaching what I do in my day-to-day life. So I'm doing it like a well-oiled machine and, you know, always learning and everything like you do in your primary role as an event planner in my case. And I'm in the trenches with that. And then it's kind of like I step out of the trenches, you know, sort of take a shower, put on my like, okay, business hat. And then I, it's like, I coach somebody that I just was an hour ago, right? Before I was like Superman got in the shower and you, you put yourself in that mindset and you realize it's this, you know, it's a scary place. And so what happens to me is I try to go into empathy mode, you know, instead of like, oh my gosh, this is like the third call where we've talked about this. <laughs> I try to go, okay, if, if I see them making progress, like you talk about people that you don't, you know, you work with versus not work with, I thank goodness, knock on wood again, I'm fortunate that I do, I can choose, you know? And so it's like, 
I, I just am not going to work with people anymore that don't really want to change. Oh, you know, and I think, and it's probably a stereotype, but I think like women and coaching women, especially like there's this kind of like wine, wine, wine. And I'm as big a chick as there is in terms of every aspect. And like, I love my girlfriends and I, you know, can chew the fat all day long. But when it comes to business, man, it's like, what do you want? How long have you been at it? You know, what are you trying to get? What, like, what's holding you back? I mean, I want bam, 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 bam. And I want to get on the next call. And I want to see that you have moved mountains. Or not maybe that the mountain has moved, but you have tried 99 things to move it. And you're like, okay, now what? But you have really put in, in the effort because it's, that's the only way it's satisfying, right? There's not enough money in the world. I mean, you know, I do well with that, but not well enough to just be like, oh my God, you are a loser. What the frick is your problem? You know? So I can't do that anymore because as you can tell, I have a filter problem. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it because because anybody that's done coaching, and Corey and I did coaching like in our previous life, along with this on life, online life, there's always someone that needs your... So this is how I explain it. There's people that need your time and people that deserve your time, right? So there's people that will do all this amazing stuff if you're next to them, holding right. your hand all the time. Then the people that deserve your time are doing it without you just based on what you've taught them. And those are the people you actually need to pour into more, but you can't because you're stuck with the people that are dragging you down. You got the ball and chain back here, you know, and it's raining and the cement is like powdery. And now you just made more and now you're really stuck. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. So true. So true. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So Marley, you mentioned you've got lots of hindsight to share, but let's, let's relate it to this. So you've, you've got now a wealth of experience, but also anybody that goes to your websites, uh, the goddess, the party planner, what is it? I'm so sorry. I just well, the party goddess is, is that one. And then the prophet goddess, the prophet is, goddess is the yes. business side. Right. So both of them can see that you are very active on getting yourself out there via yeah. A show like this via TV episode interview, like very, very active. And us being in the podcast world, we we teach people to go be seen, find a way to be seen, get get out there. And I I think not everybody takes that information and runs with it as much as we would like. And so in hindsight, I'd love to hear your take on just your goals of getting out there and being on other shows and being interviewed as often as possible, you know, trying to find the audience. Like what have you learned through that process? So what I've learned is with every goal project, new thing I take on, it it always starts for me. And I'm sure it's, well, I know it's different for everybody, but for me, it's throw them out at the wall, right? Like it's the cut the magazine articles out, like kind of the, you know, like you're a sophomore in high school and you're talking about like what you want to study in college. I mean, it you're doing your best, right? To kind of make an educated guess. For me, when I was like, okay, you know, I want more publicity, whether it's TV or radio or magazines, that kind of thing. I would put, again, very specific points about, you know, an audience size of this or something. And then what I would do is I would continuously course correct because then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. Now I have all these interviews and now it's like, okay, yeah, now I'm just getting being a full-time interviewee, right? Well, that's not going to pay my mortgage either. And that's when the refining comes back in. It's like, just like the celebrities where you go, okay, 
It is not just anybody that somebody has heard of, or it's not just a show anybody's heard of, but they have to have X amount of followers or X amount of, you know, connections or whatever it would be. And so for me, I just keep drilling down on like, as I kind of keep going with it, refining what it is I want. And, but it's really about looking at numbers and, and ROI. And one of my secret sauces is, is the ROI of time. You know, like I always say, like, what's your hourly rate? And people always like, oh, I don't charge hourly. It's like, that's not the point. The point is, you know, I could do this podcast, right? And I, you know, it's not going to happen tomorrow, but you wait a certain amount of time and then you see results. You're like, okay, I got X amount of signups or whatever you're trying to get. You then say, oh, guess what? That was amazing. I should do more of that type of podcast. And it's the same thing. What I have really learned too, is you have to set your goals. You have to refine your goals and keep coming back to them. But you have to really check your your numbers and your output and sometimes put away your preconceived notions. I don't mean always put away what your gut is telling you, but sometimes I've gotten the best business from not an audience that I thought was going to be the greatest fit. And sometimes you got to go in a slightly different direction. And then as they say, course correct. And then you just see what are the common denominators that you can replicate? Like, for example, a podcast or like, what are the shows that seem to deliver really well? Like, were they run by women? Were they run by men? Did they have a male dominated audience? Did they have a female dominated? And you, when you start breaking that down, that's what I really learned. And in hindsight for me would be setting the objective doing it and then measuring it and really having that honest conversation. It's like, oh my gosh, loved that person. I will do the podcast because I like them and as their friend, right? But not because I'm thinking I'm going to get business out of it if I happen to. Okay. So it's just about, you know, time is your only non-renewable resource, right? Mm-hmm. You can make more money all the time, but yep. you can't, your time, you can't get back. So I try to be very purposeful about where I spend it and with whom and on what. But that takes discipline and, and knowing what your role is in the first place. No, that's so true. Like my wife and I's new mantra is be intentional. Like <laughs> be intentional in your time in what you're doing and why you're doing yeah. it. I love that. And and I know there's people like, oh my gosh, I love her. Like, what are you currently working on that people can get involved with you in? Right now is I just bought a ranch in a place that I had never even visited. And now I'm becoming a rancher. So okay. I'm building a 20 acre ranch that has nothing on it. And I have a horse, but no barn yet. And we're trying to get it all through the city. And it's costing me so much money. I can't even tell you and talk about manifesting. Like this morning I was on my workout and I was like, <gasps> I was like, don't go there. Right. Don't go there. It's right. going to be fine. <laughs> and so now I'm all about like sheep and wool and I, and, but the scraps of wool and how there's this big glut of it in the California market. So I decided I'm going to go to Dublin in a week and a half for the World Sustainability Textile Conference. I don't know one person. I don't know one word of fashion oh textile capabilities. And I had to get interviewed to do this thing. And I'm just like, talk about a learning curve. Talk right. about not knowing one word. Like, you know, I use USP. Well, think of having 500 of the equivalent of that in this field that I know nothing about. I mean, I do in the last like four months or whatever, but I'm passionate about it and I love it. And I I can't read enough and talk to enough people. And I'm sure 
I'm going to land in Dublin and they're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, what does this, she's a party planner? Like, <laughs> I mean, they are like PhDs in soil and like, and I, I just, I don't even care. I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's what I'm working on. Nice. Nice. So fun. So fun. All right. Last yeah. question for you, Marley. And why does everyone need to go buy your book? Why do they need oh. to hang out with you, follow you, come into your world? Anyway. Well, it's a very fun world, first of all. It is it is never dull. So if you are, if it's it's one of those things where like if you are entertained by watching videos of people, like remember those America's Funniest Home videos oh where gosh. people are always like falling off the bed down the hill. and then tripping and then... That is me eight times a day. Okay, so that number one. And then it's like, oh, okay, we're back live. So, so that's that answer, right? But as far as why you should buy my book, that's a super easy one. First of all, it's cheap. I mean, what I don't, I don't know what it is right now on Amazon, but let's pretend it's $14.95 or something. But the point is, is that it doesn't matter if you are in business yet, if you have a business, if you're an employee, if you're just somebody who is like, an employee with a manager is having you, you know, give results in a sales component. If you're somebody thinking about getting into business, even if you're just somebody that volunteers your time, here's why. So even if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're like, well, I'm not in business. Why would I need that book? Like, I'm not trying to make any money. Well, I'll tell you exactly why. Because the system is all about what is that ROI, right? What are you putting your time and, and energy into and mental, all this stuff? And what are you getting out of it? Now, I don't care what anybody makes per hour, per year, per minute, makes no difference to me. But where I've seen the frustration come in is when they don't know what they're getting out of it and they don't know why. If you're volunteering even for an organization and you know, you're the chair and you're the this and you know, and and in one of my exercises is to track your time and you track your time and you say, okay, I go to, you know, two meetings a month and you know, one of them is in person and one of them is virtual and you start adding up all that time. And when somebody says, here's your report card, like you have now spent as chair of this thing for the year, 72 hours of drive time, meeting time. And that's not actually unrealistic. It's like, wait, what? And only then can you replace it. Only then can you say, I'm going to do something different. So the book just sheds light. It sheds light. Then you can toss it. I wouldn't recommend that. But you, it is just, it's practical and it's, it's easy. You can just read a piece and if it resonates, great, you know, dig in for more. But at the end of the day, I'm like a hacker, you know, I'm like a time hacker and a life hacker. And I just want to get to what's the best way to do something. And I, I think people like that are hard to beat because they're always like, you know, pushing through, pushing through, pushing through. So there's always something new. There's always a better way. There's always, and that inspires me because otherwise, you know, you, you cry in your bed and say, listen, it's time for a martini. It's two in the afternoon. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with a martini at two in the afternoon. So that's Be careful. I just really don't <laughs> need that. Eight in the morning. I mean, in the morning. It's two o'clock <laughs> somewhere. So yeah. no, so, but your book reminds me of one of those books that you have. It's on the shelf. And you know what? Every time you read it is probably something that you needed to hear right then. So it's not something I agree. I would not toss it. I would keep it on the shelf because you're going to reread it. And you you know, there's those books that you read once a year. 
Yeah. That's something that you should do with this book. And the link will be in the show notes for sure. Thank you. Well, the, the other thing too, is it's like, if I'm having, I know it's really bad when I take the Bible and I close my eyes and I go, I'm going to pick a page oh my gosh. and like, get inspiration. But you could do that with my book. If you're like, I'm really stuck and I don't know what else to do. Be like, okay, maybe this crazy girl can help <laughs> just pick a page. So yeah, maybe I hope like nobody sends you hate mail that I just compared myself to Jesus. I swear. No, 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 no. That, I, I, no one took it that way. They were that you gave a good example. Good example. But we are enablers. Yeah, exactly. We we are. We are very good enablers. So if you know Tim Tebow, please let him come on the show. And And you know, I'm going to manifest him. I am Tim Tebow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not sure how, but I'm working on it. He needs to be here. So anyway, we appreciate the time and thank you so much for taking it with us today. We are excited to have had you on the show. So we appreciate it. Thank you guys. Okay. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, Ron, I can officially say that was our first official goddess on the show. Marley joins us as the party and prophet goddess. She did not disappoint. So first and foremost, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let's talk about some takeaways. Dude, first off, I'm disappointed I didn't even ask about Snoop, like at all. Didn't even ask. I feel really bad about that. There's so many I want to talk about. All right. Number one, get out of your head. Like, I thought that was huge, right? And and I know every entrepreneur, like we've been there, get out of your head and just start. Like, we teach people how to start podcasts. Every single thing, they're in their head, like for months. And it's like, please stop it. Just just record and give me stuff. We have a couple people right now that just give me a 30-second take and we're good. We'll, We'll make you sound good. Just get out of your head, right? So that's one. The other one, I'm going back and forth. I'm going to go with this one. What is your ROI? Right. So make sure you understand what you're getting out of it and why you're doing something before you even start. Yeah. And that that ROI is not necessarily all about money. It's not necessarily, you know, it's it's just the the whole picture you've got to understand, like doing a podcast interview, doing uh, a Facebook live, doing whatever you're doing, you gotta understand what that ROI is. And sometimes it's just to understand that the ROI is not anything that's gonna come at you tomorrow or today. Or the next day, it's like sometime in the future if you could do it consistently. So a couple of things that I wanted to mention. One, the acronym uh, USP, Unique Selling Position. Uh, Obviously, we all have our unique way of what we've got and what we're doing. So it's just a matter of framing it to a point that people understand what is your unique selling position. And two, and and I've I've actually got... Three, but the second one, I usually don't do this. I know, crazy. Just her comment about Pierce Brosnan and how he was so amazing because of the character. He was so amazing because of him treating the guy clearing the dishes off the plate or off the table the same as it, as anybody on his guest list. And it it doesn't cost money to be nice, right? It doesn't cost money to treat people the same. And like I absolutely love that answer because even if you're not a celebrity, so many people don't treat everybody the way they should. And so I think it's just a good reminder that, come on, like it doesn't cost you to be nice. Just just be nice. Whether they're your server, your waiter, your dishwasher, your, I don't know, whatever, whatever the person is, customer service person on the phone of a bank that you're struggling with. I don't care. Whatever it is, you can be nice. And then the last one, she made me think about the Dream 22. 
Oh, she was talking about the lily pad approach. Yeah, yeah. Starting with the C listers and yeah. finding you know who's connected to the B listers to then everyone level up to talk to the A lister. And so yeah, any entrepreneur great, can take great that. connection. Great connection. Yes. Anybody, if you've heard us talk about our dream, if you haven't, come on where you've been. But either way, the premise is if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to grow your audience, find people that are about your, about your same level, find 22 of them and go find a way to connect with them and do business with them and talk to their audience and they talk to your audience, right? And then you eventually all level up together until you reach that A-list level that you're looking for. So it was fun to be reminded of that when we talked parties and events. So, but all right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. It's been a blast with Martin Major. Bye, guys. Did you know that Hindsight Hacking Media Agency, we do all things podcasts from launch. If you're already doing 10,000 downloads in a week, we handle everything. All you have to do, record it and forget it. Guys, if you're launching a podcast, get with these guys. I could not honestly hit the charts without them. I'm not getting paid for this, but working with both of you, the professionalism and the system that you guys had to launch the podcast, you guys killed it. We want to help the impactors create an impact by just letting you be you and not worry about all this other crazy stuff. Connect with us. All the links will be in the show notes. See you next time. Go create an impact.